0: Thank you very much, Joseph, for leading us. And thank you all to the, all the technical people up there. Today we got Vlad and Paul. Um, and you go and pray for Abel. He was not feeling so well. So, um, yeah, you can encourage him also. <coughs> um, we'll continue our sermon series in Acts. And today you can see it's Acts 13, uh, 12 to 24. Uh, 44 and so uh, we'll read that together and I was just uh, sometimes you know I give it a title uh, the different um, sermons and so I was actually thinking like I forgot to give a title I can see Um, but I was reflecting on it even as we were praying and as we were worshiping that the title probably should be of this and maybe it's not like a unique title but we're going to talk about and Paul's going to point it out point this out that God is faithful even when we're not faithful um so that's what we that's kind of the theme of where we will go um yeah can you take the next slide if we can go through the slides um no just uh, skip those and let's go to the reading Part, and we'll come back to these slides. All right. So, um, like I've said, the last few weeks, uh, if you got your Bible, <clears throat> just take them out and uh, leave them out on chapter 13, and then uh, you can always refer back. Because uh, when the passages gets long, I, tr- I mean, I try to cut it down so it's easier, but um, that you continue to ha- have the, have the text there with you. Uh, but let's read the Lord's word. So now Paul and his companions set sail from Patmos and came to Pergia in Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading of the law, and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent messengers to them, saying. Brothers, if you have any, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, <clears throat> say it. So Paul stood up and motioned with his hand. Men of Israel, and and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during this day in the land of Egypt. And. Uplived, and with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave, the, he gave them the land of inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel, the prophet, and then they asked for kings, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be the king, of whom he testified, saying, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all of my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus as he prophesied as he promised. Therefore, or oh, before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John was finishing his course he says he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he but no, but behold after me come is coming one whose sandal. Uh, Who sandals on his feet, I am not worthy of untying. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterance of the prophecy prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt or the death, they asked Pilate to have him crucified, executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that God what that good news that what God promised to the fathers, he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. And the fact that he was raised from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken this way, I will bless you, holy and sure, blessing of David. Therefore he says in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he who, whom God raised up, did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, this man, forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. And by everyone who believes, is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should become about look you scoffers be astounded and perish for i am doing a work in your days a work that you will not believe even if one tells you as they went out the people begged that these things might be told to them the next sabbath And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout comics to Judaism fall upon the Bartholomew, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. This is the word of the Lord. Paul, if you can skip back to the first slides again. So, what happens here is that we have. we have Paul and his companions, and even there, uh, there's a change now. Uh, Paul is now mentioned first, and Barnabas is not even mentioned. Uh, so you could say, well, like, that's a lot of humility that Barnabas has, because he was actually the one that led <laughs> Paul to the Lord. But now Paul is actually the one that's seen as the leader now. Whether that was what made Mark go away, go back, we don't know. We don't know, and there's many good guesses of why he went home. Was he homesick? Missed his mom? All sorts of things. We just don't know, but it does create something. And I think it's just that we can appreciate Luke here mentioning this. And also later we'll see that this actually causes uh, conflict. This will later actually split up Barnabas and Paul uh, into two different uh, missionary teams. Um, we can appreciate that Luke tells us the truth he's not glossing over and saying everything is just great here we actually see that there's a conflict there's a difference of what, how should we proceed what is the vision that we should do um, <clears throat> so if we take the you can see there on the map maybe that as they come to um, <clears throat> as they come to Perger Mark turns home and I just wanted to show the next picture uh, oh, there you can see they actually travel quite far. Um, they, uh, they're actually traveling a 100 miles inland. So sometimes when we read the Book of Acts and we just hear them a lot of names and that, I think that's why I would like the maps also is because we can take, oh, okay, so that day they went there and then they went there. That's 100 miles there. And so unless they're really fit and ran fast it took longer than a day and there was also an elevation gain of almost 4000 feet so they go from the uh, they go from the coast up through and some uh, mountain range so it probably took some days uh there's no recording of them sharing the gospel in perger uh some people say that paul got sick there i think uh, i don't know that maybe um <clears throat> Um, but there you can see there but also if you take the next slide with uh so this is what they would have seen in per- Perger, it's just like a um, a beautiful entrance um into the city and Perger is actually pretty big um, uh, at least they had a, s- a stadium that could have somewhere between 12,000 and 14,000 people um and then they continue and go to Antioch and it's like what they didn't, weren't they just there before and no this is a different Antioch, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Antioch of uh Antioch of uh, where is it Antioch it's the other Antioch there's actually fourteen Antiochs at this point in time, so it's the one in Syria um so so you can see there they go from paragraph to Antioch it's it's a journey that takes some time uh, and I think maybe that's good to have into uh, having in your mind as you're reading acts that it's not just like okay like five minutes later they're traveling actually quite some distances and they also just they also sailed from uh, Cyprus <coughs> and John Mark he leaves he goes back um, so I just had there's one thing I think to just reflect on, and we don't know why Mark uh, went back, um, but as you're just looking at your own life, thinking, reflecting, what makes you quit? What makes you stop and don't go forward? Um, it's a dis- disappointment, sorrow, hurt. I didn't get it my way. Um, The good news is, and we've been thinking about that, we've been praying about that, is that in Christ we don't have to quit because Jesus has done all the work for us, for us to be redeemed. We now can run to him with our disappointments um he can hold on to us also when we want to quit so that's a good thing to know that we can run to him and hold on to him when we feel like quitting <clears throat> then we see they continue they continue their ministry philosophy of going to the synagogues and talking to the Jews and so they they go to a synagogue <coughs> They sit there. They hear the reading of the law and the prophets, and then the ruler of the synagogue can say, "Hey, you guys, you come from, which was probably normal." And they, somebody said they, they can at least see that they're not from there, and then maybe they've said that they're there visiting, and they they say to to the group, uh, "Do you have do you have a greeting like we had from Felix now? Do you have a greeting or a word of encouragement?" <laughs> and I don't think they knew who they were asking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then Paul he gets up. And he preaches, he preaches this great sermon, and it's the longest address he has uh, has in Acts. And but what is interesting to see is that he's actually he's following the same pattern of uh, of um, Peter and Stephen's uh, sermons. If you look at that, they even use some of the same scriptures. Um, and <clears throat> and so Paul he thanks them. and He says he says to these two people, he says to the Jews and he says to the converts uh, to Judaism or the ones who fear God. And so there's two, again, there's two different types of people. The people that are ethnically Jewish and then there's the people that are wanting to get to know who that God is. So that's when you hear um, um, the difference is, he says, those who fear God. So those are the god fears. Those are people who have a different background. And so he says to them, okay, so Looking back, God, he chose the Israelite nation. He made them, he was faithful all through the history, also when the Israelites weren't faithful. So we have God making them a great um, people in Egypt. They come in, few people, they go out around a million. God leads them out. God he puts up with them <laughs> without killing all of them. In the in forty years in the deserts, was much complaining and much distrust of God. God he he gives them power to to rid the land of those seven wicked nations that had, had a long time to repent of their wickedness. And then God he sets up a system of judges to rule the nation until he brings Samuel as a prophet then the, king, the people again rebel and say we want a king and then God gives them a king who gets to reign for 40 years but then he is removed because he doesn't trust God and then God puts in David and gives some promises to David that from David will come the promised Messiah, the promised Savior and and then Paul starts explaining who this Savior is that the Savior is Jesus. He was the one that could do all the things that the law and the prophets couldn't do. Then before, he also says, but John, you know John, or some of you have heard about John. And he came before, and some people are thinking, oh, this is the Christ. But John was saying, I'm not the Christ. But what did John do? John prepared the way and he said he called people to repent. Repent of your self-righteousness. Repent of thinking that you can fulfill the law. Repent and be baptized. That's a sign of cleanliness. I'm giving my sins over. I cannot achieve my, I cannot fulfill the law. I have failed. So he calls people to repentance, to be baptized. He said, I'm not him, but he will come after me. So God's salvation story keeps going. The message of salvation, Paul says, it's come to us. And then he starts explaining what what has happened in Jerusalem. He says because the people in Jerusalem, the rulers and the Jews there, they didn't see who Jesus was. They didn't see he was the Messiah. They rejected that he was the Messiah, the claims that he made. They said he was blasphemous. And, st- and this, I think, is a really interesting twist of events. He says, "It was kind, of, kind of be interesting the response he would get for the synagogue because they've done, they've just done that." It's like, he says, "Every Sabbath, they read from the law and the prophets, and they don't get it. And they, they've just done that in the synagogue. They've just, he, they've just read the law and the prophets, and he says they don't understand. They're blinded. They can't see who it is. It's Jesus, and so." I think that was just... I don't know. I was just thinking maybe that was creating some weird things. i be like, oh, yeah, we also did that. Are we missing something? Um, and, yeah, I mean, you could have used that maybe as a... poll he could say, hey, we just did that. Do you understand? Um, so, so she's like, we read it, you read the prophets and uh, the law every week and still you miss who it is. And they missed it so much that they killed the one that was sent as the, as the, as the seed of David. He comes, lives a perfect life, offers himself as a sin offering. They play right into everything that's been said about him. You know, Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, they, all that stuff happens. And they're totally blind to it, but they do that. They don't find any guilt in Jesus, but they still force Pilate kill him. And doing that, they actually fulfill the scriptures. And remember what Jesus said about the scriptures to the scribes said, you're looking into the scriptures because you think you can find eternal life. But you fail to understand that the scriptures are all about me. Also when you have Jesus explaining on the Emmaus road. He goes back, explaining through the whole Bible there about him. You have the eunuch that we also talked about. He's reading from Isaiah. And Philip is like, I'll explain to you who it is. It's Jesus. So Jesus is laying there in the tomb, Paul says. Kill him, they put him in the tomb. But then, if you look in verse thirty, what happens? Well, we've heard this sermon three times in the in the in the book. it's beautiful because they both refer to the same psalm and saying, "Well, Christ can't die because your holy one cannot see corruption, and death had no hold on Jesus because he had not sinned." Then as Jesus is in the grave, we read in 30, but God raised him from the dead. And then Jesus keeps appearing to people, to the people that came up with him from Galilee through the disciples and the people that traveled with him. And if you remember back to the very first chapter, chapter, of, uh, chapter of Acts, in 1.8, Jesus says, you will be what? You will be my witnesses. And so Paul is saying that the witnesses were the disciples and the people that traveled from Galilee with Jesus. They will be his witnesses. That is also what Paul had experienced. They were witnesses, even until death, some of them. And he says, we bring you this good news that God has fulfilled the promise that he gave to the fathers. Because he rose Jesus from the dead and what what is even better is he will never die again. And not only did he not not only was he raised, we see Jesus raising some people; they die again, but Jesus will never die again because he will never see corruption. And then he says in 38, i I'm, 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 I'm telling you that you need to know that you can have forgiveness of sins through this man. This is what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that the good news is here right now. What everybody, what the people in the Jerusalem church has missed and what you don't know is that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He's the one who come and through his name, you, faith in him, you can have forgiveness of your sins. And you can have all the things that you didn't have and couldn't do when you looked at the law. Because you could not fulfill the law, but Jesus could. So you now just stand condemned by all the things you've done wrong. And this, the, all the offerings you make, they cannot take away your sins. They're just a shadow of the one who was to come and who could actually do it. So by faith in Jesus, you. Can have forgiveness of sins and rec- reconciliation to God and be freed from the sin, pain, and guilt that you get by looking at the law. But he also gives a warning. From Habakkuk, he says, and sometimes people use this. <laughs> verse out of context and say oh god's going to do something great yes he is going to do something great but it's about judgment so he says look you scoffers be astounded and perish for i'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe in nobody tells you this is about actually in the context there is that the babylonians will come and judge them kill them and take them in exile Paul brings these fantastic, amazing good news that Jesus came to reconcile us, take away our, our sin, and be reconciled to God by faith. Because that's asking us not to harden our hearts because then we will be judged and perish. So the question is to us is like, what is our response to God's gift in Jesus? Will we be like the like the people after the service? They're like, "Hey, I'm gonna go. F- I'm, I I I believe this. I'll, I I'm 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 embracing this. I'm embracing Jesus. I I believe what you said is true. I'm gonna hang out with you guys. Repent and follow them. Follow Jesus and follow Paul and Barnabas and his people. Or are you sitting there at home and you're like, "Well, you know, I need a little more time." <laughs> because you also see those people, and she's like, "Can you please come next week please come next week i i need to hear, I need to hear more, or will you totally reject the good news of Jesus so so this, this is this was what paul was 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 imparting to them was wanting to share was That Jesus that he met on the road changed everything and showed him that he didn't have a righteousness in himself. But in Christ, his righteousness was there. And so by faith, he could have what he was looking for by working so hard to obey the law. So when we're just looking at so what does that mean for us? Yeah, The same thing as before, like the good news is Jesus did what we could not do. He made us righteous by faith, by his death, his life and death, taken away of sin. And then we see in his resurrection that he can make us righteous before God and save us to eternal life. That's the great news that Paul spoke And there was also a warning. He also said, like, if you reject Jesus by hardening your heart, you will be judged, and you will have to pay for your own sin. So don't do that. Don't do that. Run, Repent and run to Jesus. That's the only way to have forgiveness of sin. And, you know, you fail to do all. That is right. You fail even to your own standards, your own moral standards. We fail when we look at the Ten Commandments. We can see we've not done that. And it doesn't even have to be the 430 laws that they have or the Ten Commandments. And even the two we know. Love the Lord, you are all heart, my soul, soul," and your neighbor as yourself. And we can just see we haven't done that. We all stand in desperate need of who Jesus is. And Paul comes and he speaks that good news to this church or the synagogue here, but he also speaks it to us today. To be encouraged that that is true, that's true. I've given my trust in Jesus and that's what I rely on. Not my own righteousness, not my own thing, but I rely on what Jesus has done. And then we can trust that he set us free from shame, pain, guilt, and the curse of death and brought us into eternal life with him. And so it's a free gift by faith in the work of Jesus. Free gift. But if it will cost you everything. What do you mean? Well, Jesus has done all the work. But the call to follow Jesus is, as we've talked about many times in this series and Acts, is to deny ourselves daily, take up our cross and follow Him into abundant life. What you may say, but well, how does that make sense? Well, the thing is that you can never earn this. But when you accept this, you also accept that your life is not yours, but it's Jesus's. And the true life you're looking for is the one Jesus has for you. So every day we lay down ourselves and then follow Jesus. Jesus says in no way, he says like, if you're tired, come to me. If you're tired of trying to fulfill the law, come to me. But not to lay on the couch. You will take your yoke, your yoke, no, my yoke upon you. But what about that yoke? It's Jesus' teachings. It's not hard, it's not burdensome, but it's Jesus' way. Not our own. I was just reminded, I was reading through (coughs) parts of Luke and, and Jesus he, he gives his teaching on like but you have to count the cost you have to if you are in a war you have to see can I win with a less men than other person if I, I build a tower I have to see if I have the money for it so it's the free gift of Jesus but it will cost you everything so there is abundant grace but it's never cheap. So saying saying that we want to follow Jesus, saying that we give our lives to him also means that we die daily and follow him. And you say, well, that's a hard thing to do. Maybe. But that's where the abundant life lives. Not where our own desires go, but where Jesus has sent us to serve and to share about him. And it's actually the only place we find true freedom. There's so much of a talk about freedom, and I'm not going to get into that. But the only place is in Christ we will f- find, tr- in that abundant life, true freedom to be the people that Jesus has made us to be. as, we, as this, this was the encouragement I have for us today if you, as you're sitting just con- contemplating thinking these things some of you maybe want to like okay I believe this I want to follow and also all of you you've heard this a billion trillion times you hear it every week when I say it but what rises up in your heart of thanksgiving and praise and joy as you hear these words again that you're not condemned That shame has no hold on you and you set free to walk with Jesus day by day. What kinds of praise and worship rise up in your hearts and what great joy is there in that? That's what we do also, reminding one another of why the good news It's so good news because it sets us free to really live for God. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your plan is so wise, um, so merciful, so graceful. Your promises are so true. And even the theme of today that you are so faithful even when we fail and are not. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you that that you show that you show who God is through your life, your death and your resurrection. And as we are anticipating your coming back, we sh- we see clearer who you who God is. And Holy Spirit, we ask that at this point in time you're illuminating our hearts and minds to see clearer who Jesus is that we might praise him to the glory of the father so we pray for anybody who's just like randomly found this stream lord that you're working through that and in that you see freedom in Christ in them i pray for all of us who's de- who's known you for a while lord that this would just that this would be an evening of renewal of joy and strength and courage and joy in who you are. May you plant this deep in who we are that we will be marked by this joy in you, Jesus. And this freedom that there's nothing that can cling to us of the things of the that is not from you. Because we can be in you and you can lead and guide us to true life. So we thank you for this time and this time where we can worship you in song and in giving and in prayer and in the reading of your word. Lord, thank you for acts and thank you for how you've shown us who you are through that. And so I you pray you will bless uh, the people of our church and their neighbors and friends and families. I uh, we'll always pray Abel will feel better and, um, yeah, we just thank you so much for this time and we pray that it will be so honoring to you and it will be so profitable for many people who read you, for you have read your words today and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. So I think you, uh, may rise for the benediction and, um, uh, I can find it. I can find it. it. Oh, I can read. I I can. It's the last part. So from Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. May you have a great week, and uh, I pray that you are encouraging one another as you're encouraging me. So may the Lord bless you and have a great week. See you soon, hopefully.